Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Trimethylxanthine is the world's most popular psychoactive drug. For many, caffeine is such a ubiquitous substance that calling it a drug seems like a misnomer. How could something that's so widely used, and that has so few regulations around it, be a drug? But a drug is simply a chemical substance that affects our nervous system function and can result in changes to our perception, mood, cognition, and behavior. I feel like caffeine ticks most of those boxes pretty well. In today's episode, we'll be exploring how caffeine works, some of its benefits and negatives, and then we'll be looking about what we know about how caffeine and ADHD mix. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash caffeine. All right, keep on listening to find out what that morning cup of coffee does to you. I don't know many people who don't partake in at least a little caffeine. Most of that caffeine is consumed during the first few hours of the day. Although, for many of us with ADHD, we find that it's something that we reach for far more frequently. To first understand how caffeine works, we also need to understand adenosine, which acts as an inhibitory neurotransmitter in our brain. It acts as a central nervous system depressant and inhibits many processes associated with wakefulness. As the day goes on and the levels of adenosine in our brain increase, so do our levels of sleepiness. This is called sleep pressure, so the longer we've been awake, the more sleep pressure we feel. When we're asleep, our adenosine levels drop, and so if we've gotten a full night's sleep, when we wake up, we're ready to start the process over again. What caffeine is able to do is bind to the adenosine receptors in our brain, preventing adenosine itself from binding to them. This means that while caffeine is in our system, we're preventing ourselves from experiencing the effects of adenosine, and so we're also not building up that sleep pressure. It should be noted, however, that this does not prevent the buildup of adenosine, just the ability for it to bind to adenosine receptors. This means when that caffeine wears off, we can experience a crash where all those receptors now have a place that they can bind. So while caffeine can promote wakefulness, it's only as a stopgap measure. We're still going to need to sleep, and that crash can cause an even worse state of sleepiness once the caffeine wears off. Caffeine can also increase dopamine levels by slowing down the rate of dopamine reabsorption, and by slowing down this rate, we end up with more available dopamine in our systems. So caffeine's peak effect comes about one to two hours after it's ingested, although we usually start feeling the effects of caffeine within 10 minutes. Caffeine will then stay in our system for quite a while. Caffeine's half-life, which is the amount of time for the body to eliminate half of one dose, is three to seven hours. That variance is going to depend on your tolerance to caffeine as well as a number of other factors like age, weight, health, sex, as well as how well your body can metabolize caffeine. Additionally, any other substances you have in your body can affect this as well. Tobacco reduces the half-life by about 50%, while oral contraceptives can increase that half-life. Understanding how half-life works is important to understand how much caffeine we're going to have in our system at any given time. If we just take the regular half-life of caffeine, and I'm going to go with about five hours here to split the middle here, and say drink a single eight-ounce cup of coffee, we start at roughly 80 milligrams of caffeine. What that five-hour half-life means is that if we have a cup of coffee at 9 a.m., 
we've got about 40 milligrams of caffeine in our system at 2 p.m. What this does not mean, however, is that at 7 p.m. we've cycled through another 40 milligrams of caffeine. Instead, we're looking at the half-life of that remaining 40 milligrams, which means at 7 p.m. we've still got about 20 milligrams of caffeine in our system. It's going to take roughly four to five half-life cycles to get about 94 to 97% of the drug out of your system. It might seem counterintuitive, but that's just how our body processes these substances. Although if you do take a large enough dose, it could take longer for the drug to completely be out of your system. Caffeine is considered generally safe with a dose of about 400 milligrams a day, which is about five eight-ounce cups of coffee. All right, let's talk about some of the benefits of caffeine. So we already know that it creates this state of wakefulness, and that can be accompanied by some euphoria due to the increases in dopamine as well. Caffeine also has a number of performance-enhancing effects. On the cognitive side of things, we have better reaction time, again, wakefulness, with studies showing things like shift workers who use caffeine make fewer mistakes that could result from drowsiness. You also have better concentration and better motor coordination. Caffeine can also enhance your physical performance with increases in basal metabolic rate. You can have delayed onset of muscle fatigue, which means you can just exercise longer. There's some studies showing that caffeine can increase muscular strength and power. And then there's also an interesting effect that caffeine consumption before exercise can reduce your perceived exertion, which means that if you're trying to exercise to exhaustion, you can perform significantly more exercise than you would without caffeine, because caffeine extends that time until we reach that perceived fatigue feeling. There's also some studies showing that a moderate dose of caffeine has been associated with reduced symptoms of depression and a lowered risk for suicide. Now, with all that said, caffeine can also have some side effects as well. Some people experience sleep disruption or anxiety. It can produce a mild form of drug dependence. Stopping caffeine absolutely causes withdrawal symptoms with sleepiness, headaches, and irritability. Physical effects include things like the jitters. You can have gastrointestinal problems. High doses can increase risks of things like hypertension and can give you an increased heart rate. But really, its biggest effects have to do with your sleep, with some people experiencing increased sleep latency, meaning how long it takes you to get to sleep, also cases of insomnia, and if you have caffeine in your system while you're sleeping, it can reduce the quality of that sleep. Caffeine can also lead to risky behaviors like loss of inhibition and impulsivity, which is important to consider when you have ADHD and you might already have those symptoms. And you might be asking, well, can you have too much caffeine? And you can absolutely overdose on it, and you can even take a lethal dose if you have too much caffeine. Although that's a hard limit to reach, it's about 75 to 100 cups of coffee, so that's a lot of coffee, but if you take pure caffeine, it's actually quite easy to hit that limit. So with all that, it's also important to think about how caffeine interacts with ADHD. And while there are some studies, there's also still a lot we don't know on this subject. One thing I've seen pop up over and over again is that for people with ADHD, caffeine can make them feel sleepy. However, there is no science to back this up. Now, I want to be clear here. This is because there are no studies on this specific effect. So when I say there is no science, it's because there's literally nothing on the subject. But this highly anecdotal aspect of caffeine is worth considering because of how ADHD can be treated with stimulant medication. One clear indication with caffeine 
One of the clearest indications with caffeine is that many people with ADHD attempt to self-medicate with caffeine, intentionally or unintentionally, because it's also a stimulant and very easy to get. And let's take a quick time out here. I'm in no way advocating that you should seek to treat your ADHD with caffeine. While caffeine can clearly help with some aspects of ADHD, there just isn't enough data to suggest that it's an effective treatment. As well, since it's so easy to build up a tolerance to caffeine, it quickly becomes unmanageable and has considerable side effects at high doses. While I can certainly see caffeine being part of someone's daily routine, it should not be anyone's primary way of managing their ADHD. Alright, let's get back into this. One piece of anecdotal evidence that I found was that many people report their need for caffeine diminishes once they start taking stimulant medication. This makes complete sense, but again, this is completely anecdotal. There still needs to be a lot of research done on how caffeine and ADHD interact. It's also important to consider that many of us with ADHD already have trouble sleeping, and that caffeine can easily disrupt your sleep. Of course, we just discussed how caffeine can make many of us with ADHD feel sleepy, but the real question here is the quality of that sleep. Even among neurotypicals, many people are able to fall asleep with caffeine in their system. Remember, caffeine only blocks the adenosine receptors. If we already have sufficient buildup of adenosine, caffeine isn't going to actually wake us up anymore. We'll just be sleepy faster. So while some of us can still get to sleep with caffeine in our systems, there is ample evidence that it still affects the quality of that sleep. With caffeine in our system, we see a notable decrease in the amount of slow-wave sleep we get, and another study found that consuming caffeine as early as 6 hours before bed can reduce total sleep by about an hour. What we can take from this is that we really have to watch our timing of our caffeine. As we discussed with the caffeine half-life, caffeine can remain in your system well after its initial effects have worn off. The best course of action here is to consider a caffeine curfew. That is, a cutoff time where we're going to stop consuming caffeine. This is going to be different for everyone, but with that 5-hour half-life, most of us are going to want to make sure that we're cutting ourselves off probably at least 10 hours before bedtime. Of course, this is going to depend how well you metabolize caffeine in your system and your own personal tolerances. Some studies have found that adolescents with ADHD are far more likely to use caffeine in the afternoon and evening as a way to self-medicate. While the study was focused on adolescents, I'm sure many of those habits continue into adulthood. So for many of us, we're consuming a lot more late-day caffeine than our non-ADHD peers. An interesting note here, though, is that it's not clear whether this is the cause or an effect. Yes, caffeine absolutely affects our sleep, but caffeine is one of the first things many of us reach for when we're suffering from lack of sleep. So there's a bit of a chicken-and-the-egg question here. Is it the poor sleep from ADHD causing the need for caffeine in the afternoon and evening, or is it the caffeine that's causing the poor sleep? I'd contend it's a bit of both, and I'd still recommend against late-day caffeine consumption if you can. I also want to point out that one of the most common comorbid conditions with ADHD is substance use disorder. Those of us with ADHD are about twice as likely to find ourselves battling with substance abuse or dependency. Caffeine is absolutely a drug we can abuse, and it can have some serious side effects. So it's important to understand how we're using this drug and being responsible when we do partake in it. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. 1. Caffeine is a psychoactive drug whose primary mechanism is binding to adenosine receptors in the brain. The buildup of adenosine in our system is what makes us sleepy, so binding to these receptors, caffeine is able to keep us awake. 
Caffeine also gives us a boost of dopamine. 2. Caffeine has a host of benefits, but having too much caffeine near bedtime can affect our slow-wave sleep and also reduce our total amount of sleep. 3. There is still a lot of research that needs to be done on the interaction between caffeine and ADHD, but it's clear that many people with ADHD attempt to self-medicate with caffeine. If you're one of those people, just be cautious about how much you're taking and try and be responsible. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can leave me a message over at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. You can also reach me on Twitter at hackingyouradhd, and I've also just launched a TikTok channel that you can find by searching for Hacking Your ADHD. If you'd like links or to read this episode's transcript, you can go to the show notes page at hackingyouradhd.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, the best way is to share episodes with someone you think would get something out of it. Just click the share button on your podcast player and send your bestie the link with something like, hey, I love this episode of Hacking Your ADHD. I'd bet you'd get a lot out of it too. Or you can support the show through my Patreon at hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. Sign up for the 2 5 10 25 or even $50 a month level and get some great perks like monthly bonus content or early access to upcoming episodes. That's hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. And be sure to check out all the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out Eric Tiver's show, ADHD Rewired. For those of you with kids, be sure to check out Brendan Mahan's show, ADHD Essentials. And even if you don't have kids, his show is still a great resource for ADHD management. If you're interested in exploring issues of race and diversity in ADHD, be sure to check out ADHD Diversified with MJ. For those of you late-diagnosed women, moms, and professionals, you can also check out the ADHD-friendly lifestyle with Moira Maven. I also do a live Q&A with all the hosts of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network on the second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to sign up, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. And now, for your moment of dad. How much does a rainbow weigh? Not much. They're pretty light. They're pretty light.